It's not just climate change, it's ocean change. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin. And it's This Week in Water. Does it seem like the first freeze in your area is coming later each year? According to NOAA, it's not your imagination. Temperatures from 700 weather stations analyzed by NOAA and the Associated Press show that over the last 10 years, the average first freeze is a week later than it was in the 1970s. The length of the freeze season last year was a full month shorter than it was in 1916. In Oregon, it was a remarkable two months shorter than normal. The freeze season isn't the only thing shrinking. The agency we count on to predict our weather is itself facing cutbacks, according to the labor union that represents its staff. The National Weather Service has about 700 vacancies, the union said. Not all of the current unfilled positions are due to the Trump administration. The Government Accountability Office reported that vacancies increased nearly 60 percent from 2014 to 2016. However, Trump's budget would slash the National Weather Service 6 percent and NOAA's 16 percent overall. Ocean acidification, the result of the seas absorbing carbon dioxide, is affecting all sea life. That's the conclusion of an eight-year study by more than 250 scientists. For example, the scientists found that by the end of the century, an Atlantic cod could be reduced to a quarter of its current size, and the number of baby cod that could make it to adulthood might drop to as low as 10% of what it is today. The acidity in the oceans has increased by more than 25% since the Industrial Revolution, Steps taken now to cut back carbon releases into the atmosphere can help the situation, but the amount already in the air will continue the process. Peter Thompson, the UN ambassador for the oceans, told The Guardian that while most are aware of climate change, there's a need to talk more about ocean change and the effects of acidification, warming, plastic pollution, dead zones, and other threats. Next month, governments will meet in Bonn to discuss further steps to implement the Paris Accord, and researchers in this study are hoping the acidification problem will be addressed. And speaking of the Paris Agreement, when nearly 200 countries signed on to it in 2015, there were only two holdouts, Nicaragua and Syria. That is, until June, when Trump announced he was pulling the U.S. out of the accord. Nicaragua had declined to enter the Paris Agreement because it did not go far enough to avert a 3 degrees Celsius rise in global temperature, according to the country's chief negotiator who spoke with Democracy Now! But last week, Nicaragua didn't about-face. Daniel Ortega, Nicaragua's president, and his wife, Rosario Murillo, the vice president, said they were joining the accord in the face of increasing natural disasters. And in news related to addressing climate change, an international journal of nursing published a special edition devoted entirely to how global warming is worsening threats to human health. According to Inside Climate News, the Journal of Nursing Scholarship published 11 studies detailing how climate change is worsening infection and chronic disease, mental health, food security, disaster planning, and social disparities. They also discuss how the nursing profession can address these emerging challenges. 
On Tuesday, Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke announced that the U.S. government would hold the largest sale ever of rights to drill involving almost 80 million acres in the Gulf of Mexico. The announcement triggered memories of the Deepwater Horizon oil spill disaster in 2010 that killed 11 and spewed 4 million barrels into the Gulf. Spills continue. Axios reports that just two weeks ago, an oil pipeline leaked about 16,000 barrels into the Gulf, not far from the horizon disaster. President Obama had also included parts of the Gulf in his offshore drilling plan about a year ago, but areas in Alaska were off limits. Now Republicans in the Senate are moving to open the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge to drilling. The area of about 19 million acres is home to polar bears, caribou, moose, and hundreds of migratory bird species. In a statement, Jamie Williams of the Wilderness Society said that the refuge is too fragile and special to drill, and that we have a moral obligation to protect it for future generations. The Trump administration is also planning to open even more areas of Alaska to oil and gas development through an auction in December, which will include more than 10 million acres to the west of the wildlife refuge. And finally, during the height of the recent five-year drought in California, water use dropped statewide on average 25 percent. And although consumption has ticked up slightly, people in the Golden State are still conserving. According to a recent Stanford study, a big driver of that conservation is being better informed. In an analysis of the San Francisco Bay Area, researchers found that the more the major newspapers wrote about the drought, the more people cut back on their water use. In fact, the report notes people conserved even before they were forced to when Governor Jerry Brown issued his mandatory restrictions in April 2015. The researchers determined this by comparing water use and news reporting during two recent California droughts. The first drought occurred from 2007 to 2009. By February 2009, things were so serious that then-Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger declared a statewide drought emergency. But newspapers were focused on other big stories, namely the election of Barack Obama and the Great Recession of 2008, so water use barely budged. But the second drought that began in 2011 was historic, the driest four-year stretch in the state's recorded history, and it was the news. The more papers covered it, the more people searched for it on Google, the more residential water use fell. How much? For every 100 drought-related articles published over a two-month period, the report found that residential water use fell by 11 to 18 percent. The study's author, hydrologist Nusha Ajami, said that people do care if you give them the right information. They react, they respond, and they change their behavior. We'll strive to keep you informed and up to date. Until next time, that's This Week in Water. This Week in Water is supported by the American Water Works Association. Water quality experts will present the latest science and research in the field at WQTC in Portland, November 12th through 16th. Learn more at awwa.org forward slash WQTC.